Welcome back, everyone, to NRE Wrestleverse Podcast, Episode Eight. <laughs> I made it this far. I haven't lost. I haven't gone off the rails yet. <laughs> uh, a lot of topics to cover in this week of wrestling, and oh boy, there's a lot. So WWE 1993 Monday Night Raw. Wrestling fans been so used to it that just the mere idea of it going to another night is so foreign a concept when they were forced to at times. But despite everything that's happened, they have never shied away from Monday Night Raw. Every week, Monday, 8 p.m. Nikon says that he admits that Raw could air any night of the week. So, uh, Khan, the false Khan, made the claim during a talk of the J.P. Morgan Global, <coughs> Global Technology Media and Communications Conference, with Khan referencing the fact that WWE content could feasibly air any night of the week, flagship shows included. No stranger to doing that, because with the SmackDown being originally a Thursday night show when it debuted in 1999, before it went to Friday, then it went on to Tuesday, and then it went back to Thursday, and now it's back on Friday. And Raw itself has seen several instances where the show did not air on Monday nights, but on the, but on the whole has been permanent fixture at the beginning of the week. With SmackDown currently airing on Friday nights, NXT on Tuesdays, and it'll be interesting to see the landscape if the red brand was to switch nights. Um, I think even diehard WWE fans who watch nothing but religiously, I feel like they're not going to like that idea. <laughs> Mostly because you're telling them to adapt to another night. Like, they could with SmackDown, and they could with NXT, but Raw being the show that's been constantly on a, mon on a Monday for the most of the time, uh, I'm pretty sure there's some, I'm pretty sure they'll self-destruct it and their circuitry system will completely collapse in on itself. So, uh, let's hope Nick Khan doesn't think that. Meanwhile, WWE's status for the infamous, disgraceful, and oh my god, how on earth is he even getting this far in life after everything he's done, and that's not counting the Japan incidents. We're talking about the crypto scams and how he has not been arrested for fraud. Uh... Ha, Logan Paul. We got an update on his status on him for Money in the Bank and SummerSlam with WrestleVotes speaking with uh, Give Me Sport has reported that Paul is being discussed with the big summer show, saying, I have sources telling me that he works two pay-per-views this summer, the London show, and then obviously SummerSlam. It's almost expected that he's on those cards, and the only creative that I could find out is that he's likely to be inside Money in the Bank, though, but reborn, no, not a guarantee. Uh, yeah, considering how much he's adapted to professional wrestling, I, I tragically have to admit that. Uh, yeah, I can see him definitely being in the Money in the Bank match. What he'll do is so sad. Oh, what an exhausting day. Uh, what I can see him do at SummerSlam, I'm pretty sure they're going to run back the feud with Seth Rollins. Let's just hope he doesn't win it this time again. Let's hope he doesn't win again for uh, against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins should destroy him again. And they could bring in KSI to get revenge, even though he's not interested in wrestling. Just do it. Just do anything just to get him away from the world title. Meanwhile, there's been an update on the on the status of Drew McIntyre on the chances of him re-signing with WWE. And yeah. Bristlevote said in an interview, saying, I expect when the dust sells, both of them stay. The WWE wants them to stay, you know, a thousand back at the, to the end. Let's say a percentage lower. They love them both, but as at any top flight fights, flight sta stars, they should see what else is out there. I don't believe WWE is worried about that. Becky Lynch, I could imagine sticking around. Drew, that's ultimately his opinion. But, um,. Mainly Becky might have less time considering she wants to do Hollywood eventually, hopefully, probably, maybe, no idea on that. 
But what? But before she got pregnant, she was being eyed for a Marvel role, which would have been awesome. But she had, but Seth Rollins had to botch that moment by having her pregnant. I kid, I kid. Congrats to Seth and Becky on their child, and all the creepy psychopaths on Twitter when the baby was born. Please stop. Oh my God, just what the hell was that day? So even though WWE has repeatedly told the roster about this subject, and they assured them we will we will be doing cuts, but there will be mainly production offices. It will not affect the talent on TV. We are perfectly safe. Reservoirs basically reveals, yeah, that that was basically a lie. Now, to be fair, there is a chance he's wrong here. He even admits he's hopefully wrong on this one. And he even says and mentions expecting it. But he uh, said this. I don't know names at all, but I know a source that has said to expect a minor batch of releases prior to July 1st. I think that's just business. Hopefully I'm wrong on that one. But I would expect prior to the second half of this year a few cuts just because of the circumstances the company finds themselves in right now. AKA, even though we assured you that this was not going to happen, we're going to do it anyways. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure morale's going to be loving that idea. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that was annoying when I heard that. I was like, oh, God. We all remember Black Wednesday. Or was it Black Thursday? Either way, it was one of those two days. It was 2020. We were just enjoying ourselves when the massive amount of releases happened and everyone flipped their shit. And then it happened again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And then AEW and all the other promoters were like, Yeah, you know what, Nikon, maybe you should stick around. You're doing a good job firing at everybody you have so we can benefit off of that. But, uh... There has been an update on the AEW front where collisions reveal. Uh, Andrade El Idolo sees Seth Tuner's return, and Wrestling Observer Radio's Dave Meltzer, so take it for what you will, suggests that Andrade should be ready to wrestle by the time Collision debuts on June 17th, saying Andrade will be in back time because Andrade booked. Andrade is actually, is actually working his show in Mexico day, days before, which I believe is going to be the first match back, so he should be back in that show on that show and ready to go after surgery to repair a torn pack. So, just to remind people, he underwent surgery back in November to fix a torn pack. Last wrestling for 2022 as part of the Casino Ladder match. Awesome match. But, um, yeah, that was a day. Especially when all that drama happened. And the fight with, uh, Sammy Guevara probably didn't help matters. So heading into Night of Champions, Triple H showed up and cameoed. Uh, prompt where Triple H showed up to talk to Cody Rhodes to convince him not to wrestle. And uh, yeah, Cody Rhodes actually in this storyline uh, that happened where Cody Rhodes was confronted by Triple H saying, "Don't wrestle, kid." Uh, accordingly, this was apparently a real-life confrontation. This is based off the real-life confrontation between Brian Danielson and Triple H, where <laughs> where Brian and and Triple H had that kind of same argument. This is actually the worked version when Hunter, according to wrestling, is ever Brian Alvarez. This is actually the worked version when Hunter stopped that Brian Danielson match and Daniel Bryan wanted to fight him in the back where Hunter's trying to tell him you can't do this and Cody's just furiously explaining, bro, you did the same thing. You've done this thousands of times. What would you do? And this was after he... Uh, this was the incident where during a no-DQ match... Uh... <laughs> Uh, Randy Orton accidentally gave him a stinger injury, lost, losing feeling in both arms, at which point Triple H told the WWE medical team at ringside to stop the match, and Brian got pissed and was furious at the match being stopped, which led to him trying to get no, go nose-to-nose with Triple H when the, the American Dragon arrived backstage, because Brian is a psychopath and cannot be stopped. So, at least they're... I wonder how Brian feels that they kind of took the real incident and brought it to life. 
I, I bet I bet there's still a little bit of an e on that. So on the Kurt Angle Show podcast, Kurt Angle revealed that Vince McMahon decided to do a very um very interesting thing back when Shawn Michaels and him fought at WrestleMania all those years ago. Man, those were the days. Vince McMahon, according to Kurt Angle, allowed them to decide who the winner would be. He didn't have a winner. He said he had us working out between ourselves. And Sean said, listen, I'll put you over because I know this is what he said. And I totally forgot this. He said, you know what? You're going to end up doing a program with Cena afterwards. And what you need is a good win right now. So that is why I knew I was going to work with Cena, even though I did. I thought it was it was going to work with Cena. Yeah, because Sean told me you should get the tower. You should get the win right here because you're going to be paired up against Cena after this. And he would get his win back in vengeance. And I'm just that guy that's sitting here saying, oh my gosh, Shawn Michaels is being smart. Now, if only he could apply this to NXT, then we'd we'd be in business. Because, (laughs) oh, remember how we had wrestling feuds nowadays in WWE where the loser somehow got the world title feud going for him and the winner just disappeared or went back into mid-card? Yeah, remember that? Or when they decided at WrestleMania during the pandemic, Kevin Owens, who was scheduled to leave after Mania, would go instead, leave, beat Seth Rollins, but then Seth Rollins would feud for the world title because that made sense to some high-induced moron. (laughs) So, wrestling fans had... Well, at least we got a damn good match, and it made sense with uh, how Shawn Michaels argued for it. But uh, speaking of wrestling stuff, uh, wrestling uh, related matters about the past, Dark Side of the Ring came back, and on May 15th, Vice TV, Vice Media specifically, filed for bankruptcy! So on May 15th, Vice filed for bankruptcy, but it's expected to be sold, with Vice stating that they expect to continue to operate during the proceedings. When asked how the Vice situation could affect Dark Side of the Ring, Curl creator Evan Hunstein said the following to the Nocturnal. All indications that I've been briefed on told that this basically changes nothing for Dark Side of the Ring and for the health of the show. And for the show airing and all that stuff, everything's on track and everything is just like it would have been in any other circumstance. So everything is business as usual. Well, at least we still get our depressing content and visual imagery of wrestling and how we grew up to be fans about this, even with the fucked up stuff that's happened. And that's saying a lot. So, WWE's having their TV deal come up soon for the United Kingdom, with BT Sport expected to expire in the next couple of years. And WWE CEO talked about the process of securing a better deal when negotiations come on and um, speaking during that summit uh, apparently one of the ideas they have in mind is Amazon Prime Video yeah um are they now realizing streaming is becoming more of the future? Though, of course, though, of course, David Zaslav's kind of killing it with his incompetence and questionable decisions. But I'll talk about that on the Neo Reality Collective podcast down the road when I get back to whatever. But uh, yeah, that, that happened, and I'm just just like, okay, why not be both? You could have TV content, and you could have streaming content with some extra stuff in there, like, you know, no commercials for the Prime video to incentivize people to watch the full unedited version of the cuts. Like, I thought the day network would have done, but they still do commercials even after the whole airing thing. At least Fight TV does the thing, but you still have to pay for it. But um, you can still do that. They, They give you the uncut, unedited content. And yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get Paul. I don't get corporate politics. 
But uh, Meltzer and PW Insider Lee have both corroborated their stories and have confirmed CM Punk will in fact return on June 17th for a collision. My god. We just need to announce the goddamn show. Like, I had gotten sick of all this uh, whole punk stuff. Like, I was like, oh, can we finally just move on with our fucking lives? I'll settle for no elite versus punk at this rate. If it means we can just resolve the issues. So, AEW Collision announced their premiere day for the United Center, Chicago. They didn't call it the second coming, but they might as well have just said it. So, yep, it's it's all but confirmed that, yeah, this is going to happen. But, I will mention this, the crowd chanted of CM Pong, so you know the hometown hero is going to get that reaction more so than ever. And WWE, as AEW continues to expand his portfolio, WWE is... Open to adding a third hour to SmackDown. No, Nick Khan. Don't even think about it. We already have enough dealing with Raw and the traumatic effects it does to the psyche of the children. Think of the children, damn it. And whatnot. But I'm just sitting here wondering why, Tony? Why, Nick Khan? Why do you have to be the false Khan? Oh. Meanwhile, we got the blood effects for Fight Forever. And despite getting a massive teen rating for it, um <laughs> The blood was revealed and here's the best way to describe it. Um They're 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 trying to make they're trying their damnedest best to tell Brian Danielson, hey Brian, if you take off and play our game with the blood on, will you please, if you take play that with your wife, please, please give us a call ahead of time so we can book dynamite around the fact that you're missing because we're pretty certain you're going to end up missing because you're extremely horny for blood. And your wife will be there to satiate your needs. But if you need to, we'll hire a babysitter even for your kids in case they don't want to hear your screaming hanging upstairs as you uh, get wild. Because that's how I'm looking at this. And it's hilarious. Also, joining for the Work Wrestling Podcast, Work Wrestling Group, uh, Cody Rose is also expected to compete in Money in the Bank, which is conveniently his 10th anniversary since he won it 10 years ago. And nothing of value was ever made from that. Nearly winning it 10 years ago, and nothing of value was ever followed up with that with Damian Sandow. Only for him to cash in and get beaten by one Musina. Yeah. So, that from the rumored list, it means Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Bobby Lashley, LA Knight, Logan Paul, and Cody Rhodes on the list. So, we got six people. Got it. Now, LA Knight should win it just for the hell of it. Yeah. Yeah. And whatnot. But, uh, I would be, I would be all, I would be all right if, uh, anyone but, uh, the the toxicity of Logan Paul if anyone but Logan Paul wins it yes I do not like him we've been over this so over the past few weeks we got an update with CM Punk and Tony Khan's backstage news on the meetings between them such as a still being rehired uh, several Punk signing several legal documents about Speaking of certain subjects like the brawl out, the disparagement clauses, and ensuring he appears at scheduled televised events, and Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio also reported that Punk and Tony had their final meeting this week, which is believed to have went well. A number of issues were worked out in the meeting, including an agreement that nobody will speak publicly about brawl out. I 
would also like be like did the elite and you ever gonna apologize over that because you both because reports have said that you want to all apologize to each other but legal stuff stops you as far as i'm hearing but like can we just do it and then we can do the feud and then we never have to talk to each other ever again uh anyways Russell Vos revealed to give me sport about Edge's future, saying this one about his future in WWE and post-wrestling future. This one is touch and go. The last I heard on Edge was that the ball is totally in his court. It's a name the place and the person type of deal. If he signs, SmackDown in Toronto is, my, is his last match, and I wanted to be against Cena. They're going to make it all, all that happen. I'm not saying that's going to happen. He has the respect of the entire locker room, Triple H included, and Vince included, so they're kind of going to let this guy do what he wants. It's really, really up to him. I don't think Triple H, Vince, or anybody knows. I don't even think he knows. It's just we'll see how the body feels. Who knows? It's coming time soon, so, you know, maybe it's this year's SummerSlam, maybe it's SmackDown Toronto in August, maybe it's here, but it's up to him. It's the best way that I can put it. So, here's the thing. There have been people talking about the idea of, uh, of AEW being Edge's last place to go uh, since that kind of kickstarted his return to wrestling at, at all. Look, if Edge goes to AEW, there's only one match that really makes sense. And no, not Kenny Omega. No matter how much, we would love to have seen that match. Considering Kenny's move requires neck usage, we do not want Edge crippled. So everyone wants to see Edge versus Christian one last time. Christian's been doing some of his best work in a long time. Since he came back. And Edge going out battling his brother in arms and Pepe brother and whatnot would be a delight to see. And AEW could at least claim that they took Edge's final match on their plate. But uh, heading into Double or Nothing that week, this weekend, uh, there was a match that was planned that eventually got scrapped. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland was finally set to face off in singles action for the match with an aid, and but instead they were both involved in the the Blackjack Battle Royale that was announced, and yeah. Day Mills reported that Lee and Strickland would be participants, meaning they're playing single matches off of the preview, why they decided not to, but it could be speculated that AEW could be saving the match for all in on August 27th. Now, here's the thing. I get it. I would have honestly wanted Swerve to win the international title just so we can add a title stipulation to this. And plus, it would have added more layers to Swerve's character, especially with him touting like, see, doing this guarantees success. The proof is in the pudding or in the international belt. And Keith Lee would say he's going to go out. He's going to do it with honor and, 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 you know, go like Prince Zuko. Honor, 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 honor. So, yeah. BW Torch, aka that site that has pissed me off to no end for since they had that guy Mitchell do something all those years ago. Uh <laughs> there has been apparently concerns from various talents before the reconciliation about the potential schedule they'd be asked to work with, with one wrestler saying they did not sign up work to work for two TV tapings every week. Collision and with Punk on board, with CM Punk on board, will reportedly lead to some sort of rest sprouts display in AEW, though currently unknown at this moment. So those concerns have seemingly been elevated, allayed, and handled. So yeah, yeah. Um, if I was to be a, if the black split does happen, soft or hard brand split then I could see the talent being like, okay, we'll work Dynamite, and if it comes to the need to work for Collision, we don't have to be there every single week. We just need to be on one show a week. So I get it. Plus, Ring of Honor's around, so they could go to three big places. And they could go ahead and continue the other stuff. Meanwhile, AEW talent has teased their return as part of a as part of the Collision roster. And who is this talent? Well, 
Scorpio Sky, showing a clip from the promo video for Collision which shows him taping up his wrists. He has not been seen for close to a year when he dropped the title. He was featured performing during the first half of last year, having two reigns as TNT Champion. He then took time off after dropping the belt due to injury, but emerged in November 2022. The former Man of the, man of the Year had been cleared for any action for some time, and simply, simply put, AEW didn't have plans for him. I would honestly want to run it back with Ethan Page. Page would do a few with that, because that would be awesome. Uh, but I don't know if they're gonna do that since Matt Hardy now kind of owns Ethan Page's life and contract. Also, because Ozzy Open got hurt, uh, specifically Mark Davis, it's been reported that the Forbidden Door match between Ozzy Open, Ozzy, 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 and FTR has been canned for now at least. So it looks like it's gonna be a Webley Stadium event. But uh, we'll get to Aussie Open back in a little bit. Meanwhile, there's been an update. Um, yeah, so we have had like um, the concern regarding the budget cut stuff, the talent cut. Um, that Fightful Select, that Better Wrestling Experience Success reporter that while they don't know who's scheduled to be released, cuts are subject to happen as part of an annual review. Ooh, the reasons are expected to be major, akin to the cuts in 2020 and 2021, but there will be some cuts here and there. FIFA Select reported, however, that CEO Nick Khan told some connected within the sports agenting world around WrestleMania that there weren't plans to cut the roster at the time. I mean, he's a corporate corporate politician. Um, he might be lying. Like they said Punk was, you know. You remember Punk when uh, Vince McMahon openly, in my humble opinion, lied to the investors and said that Punk was on sabbatical even though he claims he quit, and then he reveals that he got fired, to which Vince McMahon confirmed, which was on his wedding day, instead of being released out of his contract expiration, because WWE are a bunch of idiots and scammers. Yeah. Oh, uh, also, uh, so Aussie Open, let's get back to them. This is the heartwarming moment. So we learned that on a that Aussie Open had officially been signed to all of the wrestling, especially despite the fact Mark Davis is at Hertz and they and they didn't have him. In fact, they announced it on Twitter. The announcement was made after after Kyle Felcher failed to defeat Orange Cassidy for the international title. And the team revealed that they were free agents back in February, and despite their push, Bush didn't sign the deals in New Japan for wrestling, and Ozzy Open were working for New Japan without contracts. Fightful Select reported. The tag team ultimately decided to ink a deal with AEW, and several members of the Russian tag team division were proponents of bringing them in, and... Some people want to go ahead and say there was a nefarious purpose to this, but honestly, it could be either or on that. Honestly, it could be just like some people are good and they deserve to be rewarded for their goodness, even if they don't want it. And let's be real, there were ways this could have went badly, but I'll get to that. Tony Khan paid for Mark Davis's surgery despite before they had signed the contract. Okay, so everyone, uh, for now on, be a Tony Khan or Mr. Beast. Don't be a Vince McMahon or a Jeff Bezos. Like, that was just so awesome to hear that Mark Davis's surgery was paid by Tony Khan personally. It was, it just shows that he does care about his, his workers in the wrestling business, and he's not gonna just, you know, suck it dry until there's nothing left or carve out his own stake in imperial of wrestling imperialism because that's a thing since the territories were destroyed it's all about collaboration and cooperation damn it however we had bad news in the injury department um mercedes monet was injured during her match against willa nightingale in the main event of resurgence may 21st Sustaining an injury in her right ankle, she has underwent a thorough appraisal of her injury immediately after the match and began treatment. New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, joins fans in wishing Monet a full and fast recovery. So the exact nature? No idea. It is believed to be a broken ankle. Mercedes had to be carried in the back after the match. At this point, there is no timetable for her return as she herself has not commented on the injury much. 
Monet was originally supposed to beat Nightingale for the women, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's title, but changed plans on the fly due to the injury. So, clearly there was a plan to, to continue wrestling in New Japan, but then the injury occurred. Now, here's the thing. I hope it's not a super bad injury, but I feel like the damage may be completely done here because this isn't like a case where you could make an argument where um, oh, she, oh she got injured she'll be back she'll be okay and whatnot no this is not that this kind because oh she will be back she, she will be healed she will recover from this it's more or less about external forces that might stop her because she is a Hollywood star now. She's becoming a Hollywood rising sensation and she has openly admitted she's been working on movies and projects in the background. So that's my biggest concern because now if she, if she is hurt, those plans get pushed and Hollywood could come and call and say, they'll demand her to stop due to the insurance coverage like they did with The Rock when he got hurt at WrestleMania 29. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just, it just sucks that that might be the possibility that Hollywood would force her to stop wrestling, which means she'll be forced into a position where she has to pick and choose. I hope that's not the case, but I won't be surprised. Let's just hope for the best. So, Tony Khan was asked about the uh, brand split, roster split stuff, and he just wrote said this in, in the interview. Um, I haven't been given I haven't given a lengthy explanation yet for what I'm planning regarding the future of the roster and how people will be allocated across Diamond and Collision and other shows. It's a great question, certainly. I can see why wrestling fans all over the world would be interested and curious about that. That's frankly by design that we want to build that curiosity and get people for wondering exactly what you're asking. What's the future of AEW's roster? What does this all mean going forward after double or nothing? It's a really good question and something we'll be excited to follow up on. So there is something, we just don't know what. But uh, when Punk and the drama stuff ha happened, AEW had worried that if Punk couldn't work out his issues and couldn't trust and couldn't work work things out to deal with Tony Khan, then they were worried that Warner Bros. Discovery's trust in Tony Khan would be damaged, which is an understandable concern. <laughs> Especially if they if he couldn't deal with internal matters. Now, while they did not push for Punk to come back by force, they were heavily involved in his return after the media conglomerate found out about the returning was a possibility. And yeah, that is a legitimate concern you could have we had. Though honestly, this is the same corporation that's being run by David Zasloff, who's quite who I've questioned everything with because he's an idiot. Eh. I'm like, I'm like I have to download Max. Let, let me get let me get on a tangent. I have to download Max as a separate app, not just have HBO Max be updated, converted into the Max platform. No, I have to download a separate app entirely, as if David Zaslav wanted to remind fans and, and, and customers that oh you like HBO Max? Well, you can keep the dead app, but you gotta download the new app and we'll use it to remind you every time you have to search it on your phone. <laughs> That's at least my opinion. Meanwhile, um, there was speculation that Sting could be bowing out in August in front of the AEW's biggest crowd, but during the pre-Double or Nothing media call, President President Tony Khan insisted he wants the Stinger to stick around afterwards, and there has been no talk about about his final match. So we'll have to see where that happens. So, also Tony Khan also mentioned how he thinks that during the media call, he thinks that Sabu's appearance will be a one-off. 
but it could open the door if it goes well, then potentially could come back and make other guest appearances. I think overall very positively received him coming in, making a surprise appearance. So I'd be open to him coming back, but it's not something I see as a regular occurrence either. It's a special moment to see Sabu. I got a text from my dad this morning saying Sabu blast from the past because my dad actually took me to see Sabu wrestle when I was 13 years old. And then when I actually saw him in, the first time I ever saw Sabu wrestle was Sabu versus Chris Jericho. And it was the only time they ever wrestled. My God. So at least we got the continuity explanation. So the four pillar storyline. Uh, I talked about that on my review of the big match that happened at Double or Nothing, but we have learned that uh, Cassie Haynes uh, uh, by Slam.net has reported that the creative person responsible for writing the storyline for the entire Four Pillars stuff program has been uh, none other than MJF. So he has been the one who planned all this out, wrote up the plans and whatnot. On the one hand, I love the idea that he got to get his vision out. On the other hand, he probably should have had a mini feud happening in between, like trying to establish as a fifth pillar. Like here's the thing, if I was the booker and I and, and MGF told me this plan, I would like, like hear him out and hear it, but I was but I'd be like, look, there's a massive gap between post-revolution all the way to double or nothing. We have enough time to do something like that, but we I think that mini feud needs to be in order as well to make this work, in order to make sure we don't like add pointless filler. How about during this we get we get someone who wants to become the new pillar of AEW or someone who could be considered the fifth pillar by many fans like Ricky Starks or or, or Lee Moriarty or anyone who, who's at that level where people believe he could be also a pillar or a second set of pillars that we could do a match for, for for a title eliminator match where if where the wrestler wins, he gets to add to the uh, four-way and becomes a five-way match, and you beat him and remove him from the equation. That would be a that would be the way to balance it out and give MJF more character interactions and more ways to creatively work this out. Sadly, that didn't happen, but uh, MJF did play it right out the storyline, and Tony Khan approved it. So uh, yeah. Meanwhile, speaking of MJF and, men and, and whatnot, and be learning from the best and finding things out, Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns internally is considered WWE's ultimate destination match. WrestleMania 4 is considered a strong possibility for the next rematch, but those plans could change over the next 11 months, especially if WWE shoots itself in the foot. And this is WWE, they'll shoot themselves in the foot eventually. But they've also considered, like I mentioned previously, Cody versus Volta. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and Triple H's reasoning still sucks. Also, we're being reported that uh, there are there are going to be absent wrestlers in AEW because from the Forbidden Door show because El Idolo. Uh, uh, El Idolo and the same goes for Lucha Brothers, Bandido, Comanda, Rush, Dalestico, with due to AAA's relationship with uh, CML, CMLL, and AAA has a very strenuous history. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna be that guy that says AAA, CMLL. Just work it out, damn it. I want to see these great luchador wrestlers kick ass and take names. And if I don't get it, I'm going to fight them. So one of the things about, uh, things about one of the four pillars, Darby Allen, is that he's insane. So... Speaking to Drinks with Johnny podcast on that, uh, he spoke about his plans to go on Mount Everest uh, in 2024, and he said this: "We want to, we want to most likely document the whole thing, like Discovery, some type of team like Discovery. We got connections at Warner and staff. It'd be really cool to do, but I want to sum submit it." Summit and then sometime next month I gotta make my will so if I die on the mountain somebody will win this guy right here Which is Darby Allen's dog 
gotta make that wheel and then just gotta see where the all the dogs are gonna go and the house would go for whatever reason if there's a huge ass avalanche as to why he's going to attempt everest is because he just wants to see if he can do it which is the expected i've been doing a lot of meditating and a big part of climbing Mount Everest is to prove myself I'm capable of something so insane because it's just, you know, I don't know. My day-to-day -day life, like doing crazy shee, I've said in promos, like I have to do crazy ee, because it breaks down the barriers in my head and I feel like I get strong, you know, because I become like the final boss of what Darby Allen is and, and whatnot. And I'm just like... I think they're like, uh, what's next? After Everest, you're gonna try and jump jump over Mount St. Helens? Actually, I can see that coming, honestly, let's be real. But, uh, yeah. Goddamn. Darby, don't die on us, man. I need a, I need, you need to be here for 10 more years. So, it's been reported, uh, that, uh, a major match planned for Forbidden Door 2. Wrestling Observer newsletter Dave Meltzer has revealed promotional material for the tournament hinted the winner would challenge Kenny Omega for the gold. And Meltzer reported that Will Osprey is indeed scheduled, was scheduled to face to beat Archer for the at Dominion. The belief is that he will then face Kenny Omega at the, on June 25th. A potential hiccup could be E. Osprey's injury, though, despite returning to the ring, the shoulder was still bothering the three-year-old during his win over Hiroshi Tanahashi. If he will need to take additional time off, it's currently unknown. Okay, here's my plan. How about Archer fights Kenny Omega after Vendor? I know, I know, everyone hates that idea. Hit me out. We have Will Osprey take some time off at best do promo work on AEW, and we instead have the big match at, at, at All in Webley, Webley Stadium. He said he wants to do all in. That's the best match to do it. If you're not gonna do the Elite versus CMFTR, then that's the next best shot. Damn it. So WWE has to come up with a uh, reasoning why they didn't have hesitation. Um the, the, the WWE higher-ups have apparently told Spike and Select that, no, we deny it. We are virulently denying a hesitation about putting Seth in a prominent spot at or, or a role with a world championship because of his Hollywood commitments. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I kind of could imagine you would be hesitant because you're idiots. So, I, so yeah, I'm still going with my opinion. So, AEW is still struggling to fill out arenas for the show, probably because of wrestling fatigue. But I think if you add more quality matches, you might be able to do something like that. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. And, like, dub, like AEW's United Center debut is doing well. And Tony Khan then really came out and revealed that, uh, that, that, deal with Collision is an addition to the current TV deal they have with Warner Bros. Discovery and not a new deal. What? You mean this, and this is not like a reporter said this or said that, but it's more like Tony Khan coming out on the media call and say, no, Collision is just an extension of our deal with our, of our current deal. And I was like, what? Shouldn't that have been like another TV deal with t renewal or extension or contract talk? Not just, uh, it's still the TV contract could still end this year. It could get extended the next year. It's not like a big thing. But, uh, yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention Dominic Mysterio is also being considered for Money in the Bank. So that's a competitor. It's just anyone that's not Logan Paul, please. So at Night of Champions, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles opened up Night of the Pay-Per-View instead of closing it because that would have made no sense in this context. Now, for the first, now first of all, I would have preferred it was the ending show close out, but uh, people were mad because it only gave credence to the belt being a secondary title compared to the supreme god that is Roman Reigns. It's not. Uh, 
Oh, like they already said it, but they've they already acknowledged that it's a constellation belt. Um, but according to reports, that the reason they opened the show was because Seth Rollins will be flying out of Saudi Arabia immediately to resume filming after American New World Order, according to Better Wrestling Experience. And I was that guy that was singing in the background, and it's like, yep, that sounds about right. I'm surprised they didn't just have Seth Rollins lose it. Lose the match. But uh, as long as he gets to get out of that country before everything goes to hell, aka if Vince McMahon does something incredibly stupid, like what happened last time, years back, we abort that. But uh, yeah, that has been the talk of the town. Also, according to Wrestling's Ever newsletter, uh, Dave Meltzer, take it with the salt you need. Regarding the brand split idea, we've been told that it changes every day and will continue to change until the show is on the air and probably continue to change after that based on how successful the show is. He was asked about it and gave no answer, saying he wanted to build curiosity. So yeah, we've been getting back and forth with it. Dave Meltzer has also repeatedly said it was going to be a hard brand split, then it's a soft brand split, then it's a rotation split. And I'm that guy that's like, are you just going to make up answers and make up commandments out of nowhere like you're Elon Musk running Twitter? We already have enough of that. Like, here we are, the new commandment. And oh, nope, nope, not this one. Nope, nope. Here we are, the new commandment. Oh, nope, nope, not this one. Here we go, the final commandment. And whatnot. It's just annoying. And Damien Priest is officially considered a main event, uh, potential main eventer in WWE ever since his uh, match with Bad Bunny. Hooray, work wrestling continues to report it. So I could see him be involved, become world heavyweight champion and whatnot. And I, I would love it. I would love him being world champion. I think Finn Balor would have a problem with it from storyline context, but that would it would still be a damn good match. But, uh... Uh, yeah. Darion has been speaking also about the brand split talk, and he reveals that he is in favor of a hard brand split for AW Collision. Speaking with ET Canada, um, he discussed about the potential plans and said this, I'm excited because if it's a hard brand split when there is a dynamite in the collision, it gives people more opportunity to be seen with our roster, that's all you can ask for. It's a loaded roster with a lot of hungry people. Bring it on. It would be so fun to me. Mostly because I can do wicked stuff. Because I'm Darby freaking Allen. Oh, and uh, Tony Khan reveals that he recently spoke to Goldberg during the uh, media scrum. God damn it. And Tony Khan, while having not officially detailed anything yet about the bland brand sprit, Papa Slick reported that AEW Town were informed over double or nothing that Collision may begin as a soft brand split before developing into a harder brand split. Town were told it weren't told any specifics, however. My god. Yeah, that sounds about right. Also, for those who have been wondering why Jamie Hayter um lost the title i could take the wildest guesses because she was injured and they had to find a way to get her off tv and yeah there was a concern that they wouldn't she wouldn't been able to wrestle a double or nothing and the preview class was booked with playing of shenanigans after it became clear the champion wouldn't be able to work a full match so yeah everyone saw anyone who didn't know i'll be surprised Kay Omega, after the hellacious anarchy in the arena match, has been teasing two non-AW potential reinforcements for the Elite falling double or nothing. Oh boy, I wonder if it's a Rainmaker and a Golden Lover. Oh, and Tony Khan's also bragging that we haven't released anything yet, but we're at roughly at 65,000 fucking tickets. We're well over at the $8 million mark, where the exchange rate changes with pounds. So when I say that, I mean 8 million going on 9 million that we're closing in on, damn it. Let's fucking go. And Great American Bass special for NXT is set for July 30th because America. You know, wouldn't it make more sense to do it on July 4th since, uh, if I'm correct, that's a Tuesday? 
yeah it's a tuesday so why not just do that also after 60 victories and over 500 plus day reign chris statlander has lost the tbs chris statlander has taken the tbs title following her return and jay cargill is no more that well uh it first emerged back in March that Chris Tander was originally booked to beat the rest, beat the streak of Jay Cargill, and they had to revise those plans because she got hurt. And yeah, ultimately had to revisit those plans at Double or Nothing. So finally, I should be like you, so Chris Tander came back, toppled Jay Cargill after her match with Ty Valkyrie, and long and behold, TBS Championship! Hooray! We did it! There's no way Double or Nothing could have been in disaster. MJF is injured, isn't he? Yes, he is. No! Well, uh, we don't know the severity of it, but um, he mentioned how his forearm is kind of effed up. And we kind of know when the moment happened when we look at the footage. Freeman's arm is pooped up because during the top rope, Powerbomb spot. He landed on his arm unceremoniously, un and his left arm had to be heavily taped up. He even referenced the people, the injury, saying that people didn't care about his forearm being during his one of his customary rants for about the fans. Severity is unknown. I hope it's not severe, because I will cry. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, NGF is injured and we do not know the circumstances of what's going to happen. Is he going to still be champion while he's recovering since he's doing the whole part-time shtick? Or does he going to have him drop it? Because we can't do another interim title reign for a while. The last year incident, last year's worth of, of, of god damn interim titles waned on everyone and their psyche. But uh, yeah... That is about it for our podcast tonight. NRE WrestleVerse Podcast, Episode 8. My god, this was fun. Uh, glad to help, glad to provide you all with news and opinions on my stuff on wrestling. And I'm looking forward to seeing you all again next time. This is your host, Eric Brown of NRE The WrestleVerse, NRE WrestleVerse Podcast, Neo Reality Collective, and Neo Reality Entertainment owner. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, check out my other content in the description below. Oh, and by the way, the show is finally up on, on Apple platform, on podcast platforms, so check that out. 